for us, uh, we believe that the church, uh, we derive our purpose from Scripture. We're here to be helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith, and share His love. And today I'm going to really rely on the slides to try to cover a lot of ground simply to try to make it as easy for us to be on the same page, but to leave time um, for us to do a little bit more at the end, okay? We've talked recently about enjoying God. We've talked recently about how ancient Christians and those that saw Jesus face to face believed that our ultimate purpose, our ultimate goal, our what we were designed for was to glorify God and enjoy Him. Following Jesus is not meant to be depressing. It's not meant to be a downer. And, and that's why I'm selective with some of the Christian music I listen to because some of it bums me out. I already was bummed out. I need to be, I have a little excitement, right? Following Jesus is not meant to be a bummer. It's meant to be refreshing. It's meant to be something that we enjoy. And enjoying God is okay. In fact, enjoying God's what we're designed for, but also glorifying God. And I want to talk specifically about when we get together on weekend worship. There's a couple of main ways that the people that Jesus spoke to face to face responded to what he told them to do. And he summed it up very simply with this. Love God with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. That was Jesus' way. When Jesus was asked what's the most important thing in the scripture, that's what he said. Love God with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus went on to give us purpose. He talked about repenting. He talked about following Him. He talked about urging others to become followers. He gave us a directive to lead others into next steps in following Him. But one of the things that Jesus took very seriously after water baptism and prayer was worship and attending the public event, a weekend worship in large groups. So for us, a way we express our worship is in two primary ways. Here on Sunday morning, our weekend worship, and in our homes in what we call life groups. And that's directly out of Acts 2. That's how they responded. They gathered in big groups and small groups. And talking specifically about our singing our worship to God, and all of our life is a worship to God. But today, talking specifically about our singing when we gather in a large group, I want to bring to you these biblical thoughts. Worship that glorifies God and brings us to an awareness of His presence. Now, you may not have previously been exposed to this kind of worship. You may hear some of the recordings of this kind of worship on uh, the radio or internet or through other sources. Uh, but I want to teach you a little bit today. I want to talk a little bit about our church culture and what we believe that we take from Scripture, but what we believe is true, is easy to find in the Bible, in human history, and in our experience today. And that is a singing together in a big group where our worship glorifies God and brings us to an awareness of His presence. Let's look at the psalm, Psalm 13, verses 5 through 6. After talking about the difficulties of life, but I trust in your unfailing love. 
I rejoice because you have rescued me. We're not talking about a brainless worship. We're not talking about worship or singing without, without reason, without there being change in your life. You hear what I'm saying? We're not talking about that. We're talking about it with reason. I rejoice because you have rescued me. The good news is not a call for you to act better. The good news is you being informed of what good Jesus has already done for you. It's settled. It's done. I rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. I'm so grateful that I don't need to live in my past. I'm so grateful that I don't need to approach God through a a screen, through a label, through the color of my past and my mistakes, but that instead, because of what Jesus accomplished for me on the cross, I can relate to God through grace, not through legalism. The psalmist writes, Psalm 149, Praise the Lord! Sing to the Lord a new song! Sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. Starts to write about the value of when we sing with each other. Now, there's certainly value to singing by yourself, but there's also value to singing together in the assembly of the faithful. Meaning, when you're in the company of other Jesus followers, in the assembly of the faithful, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. As Chris, Jimmy, and I are carefully select the songs that we sing on a Sunday, we do so because, you know, the lyrics are going to be in front of you and we want the lyrics to be that which will help you think about, meditate on the truth of who God is and remember what He has done. So that you can meditate on God's unfailing love. People may fail you, but God has not failed you. Psalm 22, right before Psalm 23, and yet so often ignored because it's so depressing. It talks about how terrible his life is, and yet he turns a corner in the song after singing the blues and talking about how terrible his life is, and he says, I will praise you. Among your assembled people. He writes this song. He sings about life when it's not working. When he wishes he were dead. And yet he turns a corner and he says, I will. I will is a very important phrase. It means I'm going to make a decision not based on how I feel. I will praise you among your assembled people. It's not denial. It's not denying how you feel. It's not pretending that you don't feel that way. But it is choosing to focus on God, choosing despite how you feel, despite what you're going through, choosing to focus on Him, the truth of who God is, His goodness, and saying, I will praise you among yours. I will show up and be around Christians even when I don't feel like it. 
from Psalm 22, verse 25, I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. When we accept Jesus, his forgiveness and salvation, we make a choice that we're going to live for him. We make a vow that we will worship him. From Psalm 52, thriving, I will praise you in the presence of your faithful people. From Psalm 63, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. It's impossible to be human and not have Sundays where we come into this place bummed out or just distracted, still sleepy. Why do you think we have coffee and food out there when you come in 10 o'clock? It's impossible to not have days where you come in and you've got everything else on your brain. Now, I know exactly what that's like. It's been the same for me, too. It's impossible to not go through that. It's impossible to not be in the human condition, which, by the way, God created us, designed us. Now, sin messed it up, but God has designed for us in the midst of it, right? So it's impossible to not have Sundays where we come in on a Sunday morning or where we want to stay in bed at home. When my alarm this morning went off, I wanted to stay in bed. It's impossible to not have mornings like that. And yet when we come in, if we will respond to Jesus' call to love God with all we've got, that means I set my focus on Him, my affection, my devotion. When I set my affection and my devotion on Him, Everything else fades away. I see him in his sanctuary, gaze upon his power and glory. In Psalm 73, where he lists his complaints of, I don't understand why evil people are doing good and I'm broke and my life is terrible. He still turns a corner in that song. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I finally could come to a place of peaceful resolve about the contradictions in my life when I went into your sanctuary. You may know somebody that you have been uh, a little bit bashful about inviting to come to church because of how much they complain about their life. Listen, that's the perfect person to invite to church. Because it's here in this place that God can help us make sense of it all. And after this, as he turns his corner, he's he's stated his complaints. He's not pretended that he doesn't have complaints. He stated his complaints, but after that, when he's gone into the sanctuary, he sings how good it is to be near God. And Jesus was questioned about how we would worship in the future. In John 4, the temple was still up in Jerusalem. He predicted that it would be torn down. He predicted the fall of the Hebrew nation. And he was being questioned on, you know, your people say we should worship over here. My people say we should worship over there. Jesus' response to that was that a day would come when God followers would worship him in spirit and in truth. The fact of the matter is, is that what you sing and what you say and what you pray matters. And that when we sing, pray, speak truth, there is power. There is ultimate truth. And actually, it's pretty easy to find. 
Bible.com and through the Bible app, it's, it's easy for me to find. It's easy for me to even find whichever one of the 32 flavors are easiest for me to read. It, the truth is easy for me to find. And yet in the face of singing contradiction in my life, if I will sing to him what is true, I will be changed with all my passion and the truth. That's how we should worship. Is this making sense? Now, I don't know about you, but I've had for myself, this has been a really meaningful personal experience to me. Now, I've, I have uh, been in situations um, where I was asked to not sing. I'm no soloist. Of that we are sure. But what I can tell you is that I'm very familiar with my past and why I need forgiveness. And because I am very grateful that today I can stand before you and have peace and know that I am not on my way to hell. And know that even when life is tough, I'm not tasting hell on earth because hell on earth is being separated from God. The only source of love, hope, peace, and joy. Heaven on earth is being one with God, being aware of him. I can tell you that for myself, with my own voice that goes places it shouldn't at times, by myself and in the church, I have sung with all my guts, with all my affection, with all my devotion. I have focused on him. I have sung to him words that were true. And in those moments, I have become aware of his presence, even physically aware of His presence. I have seen miracles of salvation, miracles of marriages being healed, miracles of mental conditions being healed, documented medical miracles of healing in the body that have occurred during worship services. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If we will worship Him in spirit and in truth, We become aware of who He is. I'm talking about a life-changing awareness of God's presence. It's the game-changer. This environment, everything that we do, everything we do to make Sunday morning possible for you, we do to help release the worship up out of you to God. No one else can sing to God for the forgiveness of your sins on behalf of you. We're not Buddhists. We're not Roman Catholics. We can't do something for those that are already deceased. The angels can't sing for you. Only you can thank God for you. And when you do, there is a life-changing awareness of His presence. Life-changing. Church is not an event that you attend. It's not about absorbing information. It's about a transformative, personal relationship with God. That's where the power is. 
It's not in me. It's not in the name on the website. It's in your connection with the living God. He's alive today. I'd like to ask the band to come back up. We're going to go into worship. We're going to give you a, a chance to put this into practice. So I grew up in church. And so for me, information at church, I always my response is always, so what? So what? Does it work? This works. It works if you work it. My name is Ben. It works if you work it. Now as they prepare... Watch this. This is what happens. When you focus on God, when you come in on a Sunday morning and you sing to Him, you throw yourself into it completely, whether it's your style or not, your favorite song or not, when you give yourself to Him, when you pour out your heart to Him, when you sing the truth, this is what happens. You become more aware of His presence. Your challenges appear smaller and you see just how great He is. You become more aware of who He is and all that He does. You become more aware of who you are in Him. You are changed. You will become like this. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for He is right beside me. You will show me the way of life, O God, granting me the joy of Your presence and the pleasures of living with You forever. We're going to sing a couple songs you can sit, you can stand, and we will close uh, in prayer and dismiss. So don't take off, but let's uh, enjoy a little bit of time of worship.